We roll because this him. This is online Big Blue bringing you the best in New York Jack Sports Talk Entertainment. It's the Thursday before the game, October 13th. Oh, we want to talk about Landon Collins. We want to talk about the tale of two quarterbacks. We want to talk about everything New York football giants. Little shameless plug here. We have a new podcast coming out. Uh, hopefully we'll be out within the next five to six days. Uh, we will, um, I will launch the, uh, the Twitter page shortly. And then we're also going to have the uh, YouTube page once all the headers and things are done. Uh, so, you know what? Stay tuned for that information. It's not sports, it's politics, it's movies, it's, uh, it's news. It's everything you could possibly think of. It's going to be a lot of fun. So stay tuned for that information. Want to talk about Landon Collins. You know, sometimes there's sour grapes with a player. And, and I'm not saying that that's the, the issue with Landon Collins here, but I think sometimes history is lost in, in time. Because thing is, as, as, as things get further away from the mind's eye, sometimes the memories fade a little bit. Now, one of the memories was the fact that he is saying now that he didn't want to leave the Giants. He always wanted to stay in the Giants, but uh, it was Dave Gettleman that didn't try to resign him. He goes, I understand. Uh, I want to, fans to understand that it wasn't the Giants. It was Dave Gettleman. It sucked. I wanted to stay, but Gettleman didn't want me here, so I had to take my chances somewhere else. The problem is Gettleman did not want to give you six years, $84 million, because your play had declined over the last few seasons after your big year. The problem was you weren't the playmaker anymore, that you were during that big season where where I personally think you should have won Defensive Player of the Year. The problem is the coaching staff didn't want you back. It wasn't just Dave Gettleman. Now, I'm not sitting here defending Dave Gettleman, but there was no way in hell the Giants should have given you six years, $84 million. Did you mention whether you were going to take a home team discount? Did you mention whether you, you never said in the press at all, Landon Collins, that you wanted to be a Giant. You never did. So I know it's, and he comes back and says, I've been injury prone for the last past uh, two years, three years now. So that's my biggest downfall right now. But other than that, I'm still playmaker. I'm still a baller. I still love this game. It's definitely humbling coming back here when you're the guy on top and now you're back to ground one. I agree with that. I agree with that assessment. 100%. You need to work your way back into the rotation. You need to work your way back into being a giant, getting into the wink attack system. That's what you have to do. But it's poor salesmanship, in my mind, that you are blaming Dave Gettleman. It's easy to blame the guy that's not here as the reason why you left. Because in the mind's eye, it's something that you can deflect the blame on without having to take responsibility for what you said. There were some things you said, Landon, also before you left. So you have to take, you know, it's easier to do that than to take responsibility for what you said and you did and what your actions are and the fact that you signed the six-year, $84 million contract with the Washington Commanders, which I have no problem with that because, like I said, I knew he wasn't coming back. My biggest fault with the Landon Collins issue was he should have been traded like we did with, uh, like, you know, like, like we did with some of the other players. He should have been traded at that point in time because we knew we weren't going to bring him back. We knew that we knew that that uh, was going to be, that we knew that that was going to be an issue. That was my only concern with what happened with Landon Collins. Uh, we want to, we got to take a look at the injury report here a little bit. It's a little bit early, get a little bit of an injury update of some of the things that are, some of the things that are going on. Uh, so we're, let's see, we're, we're hoping to get some guys back. 
Uh, Leonard Williams evidently is trending upward in reference to coming back. He was he he was uh, he was hurt by when the week two matchup against the Panthers. He so that looks like he's going to be returning to the lineup. You know, honestly, I don't think we've missed a beat without Big Leonard. I think in some ways the combination of DJ Davidson and uh, Dexter Lawrence has really gelled itself. And like I said, it's not the it's not the offensive line. I mean, excuse me, it's it's not the defensive line that's causing the issues. It's the fact that our linebackers cannot maintain their assignments and they can't hold the edge which is why we went out and got Jalen Smith. That's why we went out and tried to get A.J. Klein. That's why we went out and got Landon Collins. That's why you haven't seen, that's why you haven't seen Austin Kalitra in a while. I think Tay Crowder's uh, snap count is going to go down exponentially once Landon Collins gets up to speed. But like I said, I think it's an, I think it was a, it's a really nice combination of Sexy Dexy and D.J. Davidson. Aziz Ojolari and Tyra Taylor are both limited in practice. Uh, Taylor is likely to suit up as the backup to Daniel Jones, so that's good. Aziz Ojalari still has that lingering calf injury. Um, hold on, we gotta take that call. Sorry about that. We're having a uh, we're having a vet emergency here at the online Big Blue House. One of our uh, dogs is extremely sick, um, so we're waiting back for blood tests and blood work stuff. So it's uh, it's been a long it was a long day yesterday. It's a long day today, so we got our fingers crossed that it's one of the it's one of those things that we're rooting for Lyme disease. <laughs> We're rooting for Lyme disease. That's how that's how bad it is right now. Uh, but that calf injury seems to be lingering a little bit. His status evidently has improved, and he's not been rolled out for the Baltimore game. But like I said, he he is a difference maker. He he will help Kayvon Thibodeau as much as possible. So that's going to be something that we're going to need to keep an eye on a little bit as the as we get a little bit closer to the uh, to the start of uh, the Baltimore game on Sunday. And let's see, we had a do not participate on Wednesday for Cordell Flott. Uh, of course, for Kenny G as well. Tony Jefferson didn't participate because of the foot. Jason Pincock didn't participate because of the ankle. Kadarius, Kadarius Tony still did not participate. Uh, Saquon Barkley was limited with the shoulder, as was Darnell, uh, Darnie Holmes with the quad. Adore Jackson has the neck and the knee. He is also limited in practice. And then we also have Wando Robinson, who was limited in practice as well. So, you know, we're a little bit banged up. We have on the Baltimore side, uh, Bateman, the wide receiver, did not practice. Kalis Campbell didn't practice. Ben Cleveland, the guard, uh, did not practice. Justin Hill didn't practice. Justin Houston didn't practice. Marcus Peters did not practice, but it was a rest day. And that's going to be a big thing right there. And uh, Ronnie Stanley, uh, Stanley also had a rest day. He's their big tackle. So, you know, that's going to be that's going to be interesting as well to take a look at. I was look, I was somebody was talking to me about Lamar Jackson. They were they were mentioning to me that, and I laugh because every time we play every time we play a team, there's going to be a comparison between Daniel Jones and whomever that they're playing. And 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 someone someone in their idiocy said to me, "Well, if you look at it statistically, you know Daniel Jones is just on par with Lamar Jackson." And I thought to myself, "Okay, you know um, we we have to stop sometimes. Sometimes you have to stop the craziness. Sometimes you just have to." It's the tale of two quarterbacks. Lamar Jackson is, is if you want to compare him to someone on the Giants, you would have to compare him to Saquon Barkley. Lamar Jackson makes or is the offense for the Baltimore Ravens via his arm, via his legs. He is, he is that guy. He is the guy right now. I mean, he's already thrown for over 1,000 yards, 12 touchdowns, five interceptions. And if you take a look, you know, he, he's, 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 he's motoring. <laughs> he's motoring as well with his legs like Lamar always does. 
he's rushed twice for a hundred yards in the last, you know, since the, he, what was a week two, week two and three rushed for over a thousand, excuse me, hundred yards. He had 73 yards two weeks ago against the lost the Buffalo. And he had another 58 in the, in again, in the win against the vaunted Cincinnati Bengals, which was a big win for the Baltimore Ravens. So he is the end all be all for the Ravens. I'm seeing yeah, for the Ravens offense, you remove him. If you remove him from this offense, the, the, this team is, is is more than going to sputter. Just like the fact that if you remove Saquon Barkley, this offense will sputter exponentially. And if you take a look at some of his statistics, and this is some of the things you got to look at when you're trying to make this comparison. Some of the things that I, I always liked, I always like to look at, and there's something that we've always talked about, we've talked about it repeatedly, is the adjusted yards gains gained per pass attempt. That's how far you are getting in reference to your completions, what, 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 they're, what they're going. Because you have the yards gains per attempt, and, excuse me, yards gained per attempt, then you have the adjusted. And that's what you always have. I always look at the adjusted column, and he is, right now, Lamar is, 7 point, uh, is 7.3 for the season. So, it's seven, he, so he's averaging 7.3 yards per passing play, which is just about at league average. Because the league average is around 7. Which is which is good. Daniel Jones adjusted <laughs> your adjusted yardage. Hopefully, is greater than your 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 yards gained per attempt. Daniel Jones is at six point two, which means he is only averaging six point two yards per completion, and he's thrown the ball one hundred and thirty two times compared to Lamar Jackson throwing the ball one hundred forty nine times. So you can see the difference in five games that Daniel Jones has only thrown for 848 yards and Daniel Jones is, uh, excuse me, Lamar Jackson has thrown for over a thousand. And you take a look at Daniel Jones's rushing stats as well. And of course you're going to have to subject it with the knee injury or the ankle injury and all the other problems. You know, he's, he's only average. He had 25, 21, 79, 68, 37. So the, the Dan, the offense of the New York giants is not predicated around Daniel Jones. The offense for the New York Giants is predicated around Saquon Barkley. And we've had this conversation a million times before. Now, I went back and watched I watched part of the Dallas game. I watched uh I was I watched a lot of the Carolina game and I wa- I went back and it was funny because I went back and watched the Green Bay game because of the fact that it, it was just it was there on on TV. Um and it was interesting to see because um, with the satellite dish, you get the you can get it's the it's not the broadcast version of the game. It's the in-stadium version. And a lot of times the in-stadium version of the game is, you know, you don't have the commercials. You get different you get different angles. And Daniel Jones was 21 for 27 and he was at uh, 217. He actually had his largest his largest yards games per pass attempt at 8.4 in the season after the uh, after the Tennessee game, which was 8.9. Now, a lot of that was on catch and carries from people like Saquon Barkley and a very nice adjustment to Darius Slayton on that one pass play. Um, but like I said, if you watch what the Giants offense, what they're doing, and I'm finding it more and more interesting because I don't I, I, I see the philosophy now. I really do. After watching three straight games and, like I said, getting the the direct feed from the dish, you can see the difference about what they're doing. They are and they're and they're. It's almost a it's a brilliant game plan by both Dable and Kafka, because as all the Giant fans are going insane, 
about Daniel Jones's play. He may only have 12 touchdowns this season and the lack of off and the lack of offense, the lack of, lack of wide receiving. It's the game plan that really has to get you about how, what the giants are doing. There are numerous times, and this has, this harkens back to the days of Shermer. And we've talked about this. There are numerous times that the giants aren't even looking at one side of the field that they're not, they're, they're not even going, they're not even looking that direction. And we've talked about this before. Shermer, when Daniel Jones' rookie season, cut the field in half, gave him a, a primary route, a secondary route, and a check down. And he basically told him, you know, you go to the primary receiver. If the primary receiver's not there, you take off, or you, you know, or you try to go to your intermediate route. And more than likely, Daniel Jones usually went to the primary receiver, the primary target. Now, Kafka and Dable are doing almost the exact same thing. And you can go back to the Chicago games with the play-action rollouts. The play-action rollouts, they only had one guy on that side of the field in reference to the tight end. And then you had to, you had the difficulty if you were the linebacker or the safety where you had to make a decision where you either had to cover the tight end or you had to come up from Daniel Jones and make the play because he would have, he would have open field, which is why I ran for the two touchdowns. Now, the problem was... They did not, the, the Bears did not adjust fast enough to do that. They did not adjust fast enough at all. Now, if you watch the Dallas game where he had a low completion percentage of 54%, people are like, well, we had all the drops. Well, Dallas had a ton of drops too. But if you take a look at what the Giants did then, and this is where I think it all went back to, this is where they all hearkened back to. The Dallas game, they opened up the field more. You could see that by watching the game. They opened the field up more for Daniel Jones. And he, of course, he had the interception. And, I, and for those that are like, well, Derek, you know, David Sills slipped. I, I was at the game. I was at the game where David Sills slipped. The ball had already gone past him because of the velocity of the throw from Daniel Jones. And if you looked at the perspective where I was, which was actually behind the play, you could see there was a good four to five yards before David Sills was going to make that cut, when he was going to make that turn, he was going to change his route. There was a good four to five yard cushion before where the ball even went. Because so even if he didn't slip, there was no way in hell he was getting to that pass. And this again, this is just being honest. So what happened was, I think Kafka and Shermer saw the Kafka and Shermer, Kafka and Dable saw that when you open the field up for Daniel Jones and you give him more decisions, he's only going to complete 50% of his passes. But if you turn around and limit his options and limit the ability to make mistakes, you're looking at a quarterback that is going to manage your game. And he's going to easily manage your game. Now, I'm not saying that you want to re-sign a game manager because there's been plenty of game managers in this league who's won Super Bowls. I always point out Trent Dilfer, who was also the only quarterback to win the Super Bowl not to be resigned by his team the following season. I remember Brad Johnson. He was the year before I was in Tampa when they won the Super Bowl. These are guys that were true game managers that helped their team win because their team had a great defense, special teams, and they did all the little things well. So at the end of the day, you have to really give you take your hats off to Kafka 
and Dable. And like I said, I don't, I don't know who to give most of the credit for because you don't really know what's going on behind the scenes. But if you take a look at when they limit Daniel Jones's options, when they limit him in reference to giving him that downfield throw, he is successful. It's when you give him the multitudes of options and he has to go through his progressions that he is going that he finds trouble. And like I said, if you look at the game, if you look at and a good another good example is the Tennessee Titans game. Another good example that he also had that bad interception, but another he had that bad interception. And then all of a sudden the Giants, I'm not gonna say they went into the tank, but they went to high percentage short passes on very short routes, no intermediate routes, no deep routes. It was, it was almost like they, it was like 10, it was almost like with Tennessee, they were beating them with the check down. Now here, the biggest problem that we are going to run into though, is when you get into a little bit deeper into the season and that we're five games in. So the giants offense is pretty much what it is. And the defense is going to be pretty much what it is as well. Cause you are, you're already, you're, you're five games into the seat. You're five games into a 17 game season. So the issue is once the giants, if the giants get behind, are they going to have the capability to truly push the ball down the field? Now everyone's going to point to the one drive against green Bay. That's what everyone's points going to be. And I'm going to counterpoint with this. Daniel Jones has had one good drive a game for the last five weeks. And I've said this a moment of time. And I've said that one good try drive is a moment in time. You need consistency. You need to have a consistent passing threat because right now, like I said, especially with the giants offense, the league is still figuring it out. I'm going to tell you this. I think there's going to be multitudes of adjustments that Baltimore is going to make against the Giants. Now, the Baltimore defense to me is not that fantastic. And when you lost your starting safety, you still have Marcus Peters. You still have a couple other guys, but they're down their starting They're down their Pro Bowl starting safety. So that will help this giant team. But the focus will always be on running the ball with Saquon Barkley, getting Matt maybe into the, the mix itself, and maybe bringing in Brightwell as well. But like I said, it's just he is just managing the offense. And I know a lot of people don't want to hear that. I know people hate hearing that, but it's true. And if we've gone back into the time and we've looked at other players that we have made fun of because they play horrid and they manage the offense. And as Giant fans, we're like, well, they're they're game managers. Well, that's what Daniel Jones is. He's managing the offense and he's managing his expectations in regards to making mistakes. And I have to give all the credit in the world for Dable, and I have to give all the credit in the world to Kafka because they're doing that. Because when your starting quarterback is only projecting at 2,800 yards and 10 touchdowns and seven interceptions, that is, that, is not go, that is not going to win you much in the modern NFL unless you have an outstanding defense. And right now the Giants' defense is playing outstanding. They're playing extremely well. Now, with if you want to look at and like I said, when people, I'm glad people started to stop the craziness with comparing him to Josh Allen because he's not Josh Allen, and this is not bashing Daniel Jones, and this is nothing bad about Daniel Jones, but it's the fact that if you cannot see that he is a true game manager, and the Giants kind of like you know what's funny, you can even go back to Garrett. 
I've always said it before. I think Garrett's offense was so vanilla at points and times because it was the edict from the coaching staff, Joe Judge, the head coach, saying, we do not want Daniel Jones making the mistake that cost us the game. The problem is, when you have that philosophy, you need to play this way always. You need to play with the lack of turnovers and everything else always. Because of the fact that if you don't, things are going to happen where, you know, on, you know things are going to happen if you don't that are just, it, it'll just become, it'll just get bad. It, honestly, it'll just get bad because of the fact that once mistakes are starting to be made, that's when things will go even, that's when things will go downhill for the Giants offense. Now, if you take a look at Lamar Jackson, Lamar Jackson is mistake prone. And I think that's what the Giants are going to have to go after. He still has five interceptions, you know, in five games. So he's averaging interceptions game. We have to take advantage of his, of his sometimes passing deficiencies. But if you take a look at Lamar Jackson over the last four years, is still completing 66, 64, 64, 38. It's his ability to run and it's his ability for you not to understand exactly what he is going to do, which makes him dangerous, but also makes him mistake proof. I'm not mistake proof, makes, but makes him have the ability to make mistakes. Now, why Daniel Jones needs to play flawless to continue winning, Lamar Jackson has to sort of similarly do the same thing. But the problem with Lamar is he needs to be the guy on the offense. He, he, he is his own Saquon Barkley. And that's what we need to focus on as looking at this between the two quarterbacks. Daniel Jones has to play consistently mistake-free because of the fact that he does not have the big play capability, either by hook or by crook or by coaching staff. Lamar Jackson kind of has to freewheel it but the problem is he is going to make mistakes and we hope to have to hope the Giants defense can take advantage of it. Again, this is Tim with Online Big Blue bringing you the best in New York Giants sports talk and entertainment. And as always, if you could like, if you subscribe, if you're ring that bell, you know what it means. That'd be awesome.